because if we're going to make any kind of systemic change, yeah. it's not a one person. It's not a it's not a one person race. Yeah, you know, yeah. there's a really incredible. It's, it's a team effort. It's one yeah. Person. And um, and I've had a couple of people, like men, who follow the work that we do, yeah. that have reached out. Are you getting teary? A little bit. Oh, you're so <laughs> Hey guys, Jason Witten here, your host of The Wealth Faculty, and in this episode, I'm joined by Nicole Edwards, the founder of Rise Up Australia and New Zealand, and uh, what, a, what a conversation, absolutely amazing. What a lady giving, creating something special for people who can't do it themselves. Uh, I, I'm blown away by this interview. Um, I even get a bit teary in this one. It's deep, it's meaningful. The true meaning of wealth really in this conversation for me is about when you have enough for yourself, dig deep and start to give to those who can't take care of themselves. Um, and really inspirational conversation. What a lady. I really hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Hey, Nicole, welcome to the podcast today. Thanks for joining me. You're so welcome. It's nice to be here. Yeah, so. Uh, really fancy little setup. You've well, thank you. Other. Thank you. Yeah, I've got a nice <laughs> little spot here. Yeah, you do. It's good. Mm-hmm. So listen, uh, we're going to have a bit of a chat today mm. about something that you've been working on, you know, very passionately, full time for six years. Yeah. Uh, rise up and we'll sort of talk about that. Uh, a little bit later on in detail, but tell me, you know, six years ago, I, I was reading some information about you and where this started. Yeah. Let's dive straight in. What was the fork in the road for you six years ago? What triggered um, think, um, this thing for you? Do you know what? I think, Jace, it goes further than that. Yeah. Right? And I think very early on in our lives, we are set to a dharma, right? Mm. And, uh, you know, I was born in uh, a place that uh, at the time was called Rhodesia and it's now Zimbabwe. Uh -huh. Zimbabwe, yeah. And uh, we moved down. My dad had been in the war for 10 years and uh, we moved down to Durban uh, when I was two. And we lived in Durban then for until I was about 10 years old and we actually then emigrated to Australia. All right, formative years for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we emigrated. My brother was 13 and at the time conscription was 15, right? Wow. So obviously dad had had a terrible time. He was in the war for such a long time and he'd seen and- Did he volunteer or was he no, conscripted? He was, yeah, yeah. He well, yeah, okay. Yeah, fought for 10 years, yeah. So it was a heavy time and um, and I think it was that that time when dad was like, we need to get out. I don't want this for my, my boy. My family, yeah. 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 So we came to Australia um, with $25,000 in the bank. Mm -hmm. uh, he's got two small children and on a temporary visa. Like my dad is a legend. And, you know, if you think about that, there's no certainty and you've just packed up and left and come to the other side of the world. Yeah. And uh, But in that time, Jace, I always felt, uh, you know, I had this um, – feeling in my tummy it was like this fire you know around injustice and I didn't know and I've I've done a TEDx and everything and I sort of yeah yeah great TEDx through all of that yeah yeah um but it was always you know at six years old and and whatnot you don't really know what that is you don't know mm. what why you're feeling a certain way and yeah and um you know I always felt 
that there was something I couldn't put my finger on. And I obviously it's a reflection on my parents and the way I've been brought up. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. But there was definitely that racial injustice. Right. And at that young age, you don't really know. You don't know this is your normal. Like, you know. And you, I, and you're, I, you're in the environment. You're yeah. in the environment. And I talk about this story that is really, um, it's a really pivotal moment in my life. We were away on holiday and um, we were sitting in a booth waiting for breakfast and in the neighbouring booth there was a um, a couple of adults and there was a African man that was lining up and he was getting his, um, you know, his breakfast. And I noticed at the neighbouring booth that they were laughing and making fun of that African man. Right. And I couldn't understand why, you know, because he's no different to us. And yeah. as that, yeah, you can imagine, you know, we've all got kids and imagine those little kids and, yeah, yeah. you know, what goes through their mind. And, and that was that, you know, as I got older, Jace, I really started to feel and recognize that 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 fire and that rumble in my tummy is actually injustice. It's when mm. I can recognise any type of injustice. Even when I went through school, if someone was being bullied or something, I would it would just make me crazy. Yeah. And um, and I guess it was longer than six years ago, but it was a it was at a time when. Um, it came to my attention that there was a lady that had arrived at the Gold Coast Hospital and she had her baby and her three other children mm. and she had jumped on a train in Perth, Jace, and she'd crossed our beautiful country and she'd landed on the Gold Coast. Uh, what was that, two or three days on a train? Yeah, and yeah. all she had was a backpack. Wow. Right? And what she'd done was she had essentially taken the children to lunch mm. That's what she had told the perpetrator of the violence, but she had essentially crossed this country to get to safety. Now, to me, that's unfathomable, right? Right. And, you know, I got a bit of a reach out from people that I knew and, um, you know, Nick, do you have anything? What can we do? Uh, we've got this lady at the hospital, blah, blah, blah. And uh, so just very quickly, we put I put a call out on social media, you know. So, so this wasn't, this was sort of, hey, can you help out? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Have you yeah. got something? Right. You know, oh, yep. mate, do you have something? Yeah. And uh, so I put a bit of a call out, and by the end of the first week, Jace, we had almost housed her. Wow. So that was just that. So from your network, so hey, listen, my help little, out. Like, yeah. Hey, what have you got? What have you got? Yeah. And so that was really incredible to me because I felt like, gosh, people are just so generous, and mm-hmm. they were so ready and willing to jump in and yeah. to do something. And I yeah. feel like that. I feel like people sometimes just need to be asked, right? Because they just need to be shown the way yeah. or uh, there is a bit of trepidation, hesitation to step into a space that's unknown. I help someone facilitate how they can help because sometimes that feels overwhelming or where do I start, right? Where do you start? Yeah. yeah. And I think the important thing there is you just start. You just take one step. You know, people often say to me, did you imagine that Rise Up would be as massive as it is? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 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 Right? So I don't think we ever go into anything thinking that we're going to do a half ass job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah? yeah? We're going to go into it. We're going to give it everything we've got. And we're going to change endings. We're going to change lives. And we're going to make this better. How can it not grow and get bigger? How can it? So, yeah. when, so when did you know that part for real? You, you're saying, okay, when even from a young age, I said, had this burning something mm-hmm. in it. And maybe you couldn't even recognize or language yeah. what that was. Yeah. And as you matured, yeah. You know, this gave you an opportunity maybe to to sort of open that Pandora box and, and wow, there's some energy in here that Absolutely. I can and use I, for good. Yeah, but I think it wasn't even a conscious decision. Right. It was an unwitting, what else would you do? 
Yeah. Like, you're going to do, I'm going to do something. Yeah. So, you know, I did that. And then I started having conversations with uh, refuge staff. And you've got to remember that the domestic and family violence space, you can't just Google, you know, there's a refuge at the end of the street. Gotcha. Yeah. It's, it's not public knowledge, yeah, right? So you've got to. Because it's a, essentially yeah. people are in hiding. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Wow. So, you know, just through kind of word of mouth, people started to know, oh, you know, Nicole, can't she help with this? And so that. you help one time. Yeah. Help one time. One time. Started and having conversations. Talking in the network. And then people said, well, Nicole's in the know. Yeah. Well, it, I think it was more around tipping my little toes in. Right. Because asking questions. I'm uh-huh. such a, I'm a sponge for information. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Started having a few conversations and uh, very, very early on, okay, the next house that came up, the next family, you know, that we needed to help, it was like nothing. We were old mate. Like we've just, there's no organisation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just, hey, you were able to get some stuff. Could you get some old stuff? And um, so, and I remember going to this house, this little unit, mm-hmm. okay, the very second family that we helped. We walked up the, uh, it was myself and it was a friend's hubby, I think was helping me at that time. And he had a ute, so we just were dropping some stuff off, okay. So the mum was there and her little boy, right. We walked up the stairs in this rundown, you know, place where this woman now was. And I walked in and there in her apartment was nothing apart from, do you remember those bad 1970s wicker furniture, you know, the kind of the lounger and that's made out of bamboo? Bamboo stuff, oh, yeah. Bad printed. Yeah, everyone had those, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I don't, poor thing. She had this, right? It was dirty. In the master bedroom there was a single bed with no pillow, no linen, nothing, mm. right? And the little boy was four years old and she had nothing, Jace. Nothing. This is Australia. This is on the Gold Coast. Right. right. So I walked in there and I scoped it out very quickly. We dropped off, you know, what we needed to drop off, give her some linen. We had another bed. The little boy was sleeping on that bed and she was on this tiny little bamboo. You know, it wasn't very comfortable, but she felt really, you know, she wanted her son to have the yeah. bed and yeah. there was no blankets, nothing. And um, what really struck me at that point, Jace, it was a t- couple of things, right? One, how is this sustainable? She's going back. Yeah. Yes, it's a roof and she's away and she's, you know, she might be safe. What other choices does she does she does she have right now? Yeah. Yeah. She had been there for seven days with nothing. Wow. Nothing, Jason. This drives me nuts. And all I could see was that without a shadow of a doubt, she's going back. Right. It's not sustainable. Yeah. This is, this is, and she shouldn't have to live like this. We live in a first world country, right? Yeah. And I think that coming from Africa, and obviously you know Gareth, and, um, you know, he's from Africa and we, we ended up meeting here and, and whatever, and, um, but we are both so enormously passionate about what's happening right here. Yeah. It's it's under your nose, right? It's like you know, it's 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 in your neighbourhood, it's in your friendship 100%. circle, it's in your business. It's but no one wherever. knows. No one knows. Yeah. No one knows. Yeah. The silent suffering. Yeah. No one knows. You know. I think when we look to overseas and we can see, you know, we come from Africa. We know it. Mm. We know mm. crime. We mm. know third world. We know injustice over there. Yeah. Right. But for us to sit in the lunky country, 
okay, and to now know the extreme levels of violence and disruption and trauma and um, devastation that that is happening with our young people yeah. and our families. Yeah. I just think if more people knew about that, Jace, we would all be up in arms, I tell you. Do you think it's something like sometimes it's easier to acknowledge that stuff when it's at a distance and not so close to you? So, you know, personally, you know, reading some of this stuff and also experiencing it because, you know, I've known you for a while and, you know, and, and you know, supporting multiple causes, like sometimes it's the discomfort and almost you want to turn away, you want to ignore it because it's too much or it's full on or whatever, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. you know, it's not very sexy, is it, Jace? No. Like it's not, yeah. you know, seeing images of beaten up women and no. uh, it's horrific. Yeah. yeah. But what we do know, right, Jace? Yeah. What are some of the stats in around this oh, stuff? Like so, one so. One in four Australian women are living in a, in or have experienced domestic and family violence. One in three Australian women uh, have, since the age of 15, have experienced intimate sexual violence. Um, you know, Indigenous women are so many times more likely mm. you know in australia we have uh, one three women a week are hospitalized due to traumatic brain injury jason three women a week traumatic brain injury police are called out every two minutes in australia for a domestic violence incident and, and there's probably more, right, because that's just the People ones they're calling. called out for. Yeah. The other thing is, you know, today we're sitting in our uh, 29th week of 2020 and 30 women have been killed already this year. So just with uh, the, the, the times at the moment with corona, you know, um, has – has that had a major impact yes, from, sir. yeah, I yes, heard a lot of information about, you know, it's it's made things worse because people are together more often at home. Yeah. yeah. And if you can imagine at a time when we are being forced to stay together because it's a place of safety and that, you know, it's the best way to be, it's the best place to be is to stay at home and yeah. to stay away. There's the threat of the virus and everything. And, you know, what's happening is really vulnerable people are being locked at home with perpetrators of mm. very serious violence. And, um, you know, it's harrowing our job load has increased by 28%. Really? Since the corona times? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's, um, you know, it's massive and challenging times. You know, we're sitting at at a time now when we have over 400 volunteers, 465 volunteers. So so now with your your, um, organisation, um, you know, 400 yeah. volunteers so across. We fast forwarded and across. Wrote, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's so, you know, um, so that second person, um, that second family yeah. that you helped, was that that trigger point yeah. where you said, listen, someone's got to do something about about this? Yeah. Um, and, 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 what, and it should be me. So, because we were chatting before and you said, you know, you and Gareth decided to stop your business. You had a very successful business. Yeah. Um, you know, um, we only did that maybe four years ago. Got you. down. Yes. So up until that moment, and it definitely wasn't that point where you go, someone's got to do something about it, and it's me. Mm. It's not that right because I'm a really massive believer in the collective. Right. Because if we're going to make any kind of systemic change, yeah. it's not a one person. It's not a. It's not a one person race. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's a really incredible. It's, it's a team effort. It's yeah, yeah. It's a community effort, right? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, there's an incredible African proverb that I love, and you might know it. Uh, If you want to go fast, go alone. Mm -hmm. If you want to go far, go together. Mm -hmm. And with an issue as such as heavy as domestic and family violence, there's only one option. Yeah. We have to go together. Have to go together. Have to go far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's just always been, you know, and I even say this to my team now, it's – 
yes, I might have, you know, had the decision and, and, you know, started having the conversations. But in terms of having a really successful team, I think, you know, I might have the steering wheel. Yeah. Right. But if I didn't have the wheels or the window screen or the window wipers or the, the you know, whatever, the nav man, um, we wouldn't be going anywhere. The people around you to massive. to have such a such a massive impact. And and it yeah. and you you know, the vision for what you foresee this being able to be, you know, you know, facilitated spreading it through the community and going the distance, you know, like that that's gonna take some people, some resources, some yeah. some effort, some sustained Yeah. You know. And I think the thing is for me, the goal that I have for Rise Up yeah. is that we are the Australian response, the men's and women's voices against domestic and family violence. Yeah. Australians, Australia's revolution against violence. Yeah. So I you know, hope one day when people hear the name Rise Up, it's synonymous with a revolution against domestic and family yeah, violence. Yeah. And that's yeah. our goal. Yeah. And uh, the work is very, very important. And I guess, you know, one of the earliest things that I found was um, – you know, I'm not a social worker, Jace. Mm. Right? I'm mm. sales and marketing old mate. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. All right, let's let's so, solve this yeah. with some marketing or, or whatever, you yeah. know. Like so, you know, how do those skills for you now have, have transferred into this sort of stuff? Obviously running a business has given you some leadership skills, vision, you know, budgeting. I'm sure you have to manage resources, all sorts of stuff, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know? And I think it's um I think it's around connecting your passion, mm. right, with what you, you know, connecting your passion and your skill base. So just because you're in sales and marketing, for example, doesn't yeah. mean that you can't step into this space or, you know, we have to allow ourselves to give ourselves permission to venture and do different things and make sure we're filling up our buckets, filling up the people around us. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Life is too short, Jace. That's kind of where I'm at. You know, too you mentioned short. Gareth and I had shut yeah. the business down and whatnot because I was sort of doing this and Gareth was travelling and um, and we got to that point where we were like the need is massive and he is so passionate about everything that we do together and I couldn't be as successful as I am without this incredible man. Like yeah. he is the best human I know. And, uh, you know, we've been together 20-odd years now. Awesome. Yeah, and, uh, you know, he's incredible and he, if anyone sees the families, because, you know, we don't meet the families that we help yeah. and that we support. Um, I prefer always prefer the word support over help, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, we don't meet these families and, you know, but sometimes when Gareth's out there in the truck, he's, you know, will, you know, go in and there's a woman there and he's just dropping some things off and the kids and he's seen, you know, he's, Gareth's got some incredible stories. stories yeah. And it just, uh, he, he doesn't like public speaking or anything, you know, that's kind of my lane, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and he's, he he's a back of house it. guy. Is yeah, he? yeah, yeah. He really is. And yeah. he, but he's just beautiful. We do a bit of work with the unions, yeah. you know, and there's nothing as um, intimidating as going into a group of 150 high Yeah. And just having a chat about having domestic chat. and family violence. Yeah. And how did that stuff go for, you know, for me, I, like I'm, you know, genuinely um, interested in that stuff because, you know, as a man myself, obviously, you know, um, when I hear these things, I find it almost unbelievable. Like it, it doesn't even come into my sphere as, as, as in my personal sphere. 
Um, but certainly, you know, those conversations, you know, charged in all sorts of ways, you know, how do you facilitate those those conversations and how do the men take them? Like, yeah, I mean, you know, I, yeah. I'm, I'm... So I think the biggest thing, right, is we have to be really clear yeah. around what the issue is. Yes. Okay. And the issue is in Australia we have a massive problem with men's violence across the board. Yes. Okay. So... Men are at greatest risk from violence from other men, mm. usually strangers, mm -hmm. and that violence mm -hmm. usually occurs in a sporting environment, at the pub, yeah. in those kind of social environments. Yep. Women and children are at greatest risk of violence from men mm. and men mm. that they know. Yeah. All righty. Right. So the commonality there is uh, the fact that it is really gendered. Now, it's a really tricky Thing. Conversation, mm. yeah. Because for many people, they will say, "What about the men?" One hundred percent. We're not. You never say because something's gendered that men aren't impacted by domestic and family violence, or that women aren't capable of uh, inflicting domestic and family violence. Sure, okay. sure, yeah. But the research is heavily underpinned by statistics. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. 98% of all emergency intakes, it's coming through domestic or family violence. Yeah. The statistics are horrific, all right? So just putting that just on the table, okay? The other thing is, is that we're not saying, we're not, we don't say it's gendered to minimise or negate a man's experience of domestic and family violence. You know, any kind of, we're here to promote the importance of respectful communication and uh, managing our microcosms and no one deserves to feel unsafe. Yeah. Okay. And domestic and family violence and the fact that it thrives in our community, Jace, is because it is underpinned by gender inequality. Mm. Okay. So, you know, Gareth often says, you know, there's always some sort of language around, oh, you know, she's a feminist or so, you know, all of this horrible language. Yeah, just give me some definition around that inequality. Is is, yeah. is some of this stuff, you know, economic as well, sort of, you know, 100%. economic abuse as well as physical abuse, like, of you know, course. some context in that yeah. space. So domestic and family violence is broad. Yeah. Okay? So it's spiritual, sexual, mm. emotional, mm. Um, physical, obviously. There are so many different components. Right. Okay. And when we're talking about gender inequality and what, what role that plays, okay, we live in a society that doesn't make it easy for women to return to the workforce after they have children. Yeah. Childcare is too expensive. Well, right? and it's, uh, I read a stat, I'll probably quote it wrongly, but yeah. the most people affected right now in job loss are women. And of course, yeah, yeah um, in the corona times. Yeah. And the childcare issue. So, Absolutely. you know, yeah. So I think it's really important that if we are going to influence long-term and embrace long-term systemic change, we really have to un understand and allow ourselves to lean into the complexity of what, why is it, what are the drivers to violence against women? Yeah. What's happening? Why it, have 30 it, women been killed this year? Is there, a, is there any, I mean, I, I don't know if you guys have, you know, that research statistics stuff, like, you know, what are some of the things that, you know, maybe as a neighbour, a friend, a father, uh, you know, a person in the community, what what can we look out for and what can we do? What what could I do to help in that way? You know, like are there, are there three things or, you know, like yeah, do, do you know yeah. what I mean? Because people listening in would say, well, that's awesome. Like what what can I, what could I do, you know? 
So I think that the thing that we can all do, right, whether you're a man or a woman, mm. uh, is hold, be able to feel comfortable around respectfully holding our friends and family accountable for their attitudes and behaviours. Yeah, yeah. Okay? We need to find... Uh, allow ourselves to go. You know what? Actually, there we have a horrific, uh, we have a horrific issue with with lives that are being lost and long term trauma and and children's you know futures being disrupted. What is it that I can do? Right, I'm going to call out the the funny and a sexist joke. Mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. going to f- ask why is that funny, right? And the reason why we do that is not to belittle the person that is saying it. Yeah, it's around being able to drive a little bit of awareness around the. Impact, the long-term impact that that will have for women, okay, yeah. is the most incredible YouTube. I must show it to you. There's an incredible YouTube clip called Dear Daddy. Have you seen that? No. Jace. Write that down. Holy moly. It's come out of Switzerland mm-hmm. and it is, it's spoken in uh, this little girl talking to her dad, right? It's insane. You've got to watch it. Uh, but essentially, you know, that's really, really important. The reality is that we live in a really uh, patriarchal society. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So where there's going to be change, change is going to happen amongst the men. Yeah. Right? And one of our patrons is the incredible Petro Sivanasiva, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, right. Uh, incredible mountain of a man. Yeah. And, you know, five children, uh, married to this beautiful lady, and he's such a massive ambassador for healthy, respectful relationships, Fantastic. you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I often chat to him about, um, you know, what's happening and how, how does he navigate, you know, in the in the rugby land when when other players and, yeah. and whatnot know what his views are, how does he navigate that with them? And he just says to me, they steer right clear of him because they know exactly what, what his what where, where his line is. Yeah. Yeah. Like amazing, right? Yeah, yeah. And he also says one of the biggest things for men, right, is and something that I'd really love your listeners to take away mm. is that silence is collusion. Yes. Well, it's 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 something you're almost unconsciously trained to do. Like, and and, and I've it's had these conversations. Yeah. yeah, yes, not yeah. your business. And you know, I've had these conversations with many people before in in my life. You know, certainly the the darker side of 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 sport can can be a real fertile training ground for the wrong behavior you know and you know like that that you know and it's fantastic how sporting organizations are really focusing on that idea that's just like you know it has to be healthy and 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 we as Aussies we love our sport we're mad for our sport but you know at the end of the day the the energy there has to be a healthy energy as well the culture needs the to culture be. has to change and you know it's funny that you say that jace it's so we are partnered with uh, Queensland Rugby League. Mm. Okay? So we have some incredible wow. partnerships. Yeah, right? that's fantastic. And, you know, there's some naysayers out there who yeah. will go, what kind of a domestic violence service would be partnered with the Queensland Rugby League? Right. What wouldn't be is my question. Well, yeah, absolutely. What, what a great what, way to, you know, start. Influence change. And, and, and if they're embracing change, yeah. us, yeah. right, and they are leaning in and happy to start having some really robust conversations. Yeah. The thing that we can't forget, right, is that 
domestic and family violence occurs across every culture, religion, code of sport, profession. So you could be at oh, and socioeconomics, like you say, okay, oh, okay, uh, do, yeah. is it is it the low economy people that you know, or that it, yeah, it, it, it all the way across crosses everybody. Okay, yeah, yeah. So for me, you know, the you know the rugby players and whatnot, they are in the they are in the limelight all the time. Mm. They have a duty of care to behave appropriately 100%. because they've got little people that are watching them. Yeah, I want to be like that guy one day. Yeah, yep. right. Yeah. Um, you know, and one of the things, just going back to Petro, he always says that in a locker room environment or if you're out with your mates and, um, you know, a conversation might come up, what's the best way to handle that? Yeah. And he always says, if you don't want to say anything, right? So, Jace, you're in a group and there's some men there and they're yep. having a big joke about, you know, the missus and whatever, and you don't find it very funny, but you also don't feel very comfortable to kind of Speaking challenge. Speaking up at the same time, yeah. You know, which is quite a common thing for men yes. I've encountered. Yeah. You know, a lot of men tend to, that you know. Well, yeah, yeah. and, and yeah, it's, it's, it's like, well, interesting what thing. do they do, uh, you know. Yeah, and not they don't want to really be, yeah, that guy, you know. Yeah. But the best thing that you can ever do is walk away. Walk away. Because your yep. absence will be felt and your message will be felt and mm. it will be missed yeah, right? yeah, when, yeah. You, when you walk yeah. away. Yeah. So there's so many incredible resources out there. And I think if we sit back and think that it's too difficult, it's too overwhelming, we're not going to affect change. Yeah. Don't allow that, right? Because don't don't participate. You know? Yeah, yeah. Don't don't participate. But also, I think we have a duty of care to our children and our children's children. Mm. You know, we don't. I often say we don't have thirty years yeah. to learn to put a seatbelt on, Jace. No. You know, when we jump in the car, do it right at the start. We put the seatbelt on, yeah. don't we? We don't even think about it. Well, speaking of, do you see any impact or change for younger generations coming through? Like, you know. Yeah, talk about breaking the cycle or, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks or any of those, you know, cliches. Do, do you do you see, do you feel, do you sense anywhere that the, the younger uh, people are getting the message and, and sort of at some point we're making more impact in that space? Do you know, like, I definitely or, think yes. I, I feel like, you know, we do a bit of work with the schools. Got you. Okay. Yep. Really interested, it's really interesting, I should say, to go to single-sex schools and then do the same presentation with um, the both school. genders. Yeah, got yeah, you. Yeah, it's very, very interesting to see mm, the dynamic shift. Mm, mm. Um, so we do a little bit of work around, um, you know, behaviour above and below the line. Yes. Um, you know, what 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 does this relationship look like? You know, different things like that. And uh, horrifyingly one day... Uh, a, a young guy, he was probably about 15, and we were talking about consent, okay, the importance yeah, right. of consent. Yeah. Because yeah. at 15, you know, yeah. you're starting to drink or whatever and go out and have a girlfriend or a boyfriend and, you know, this, you know, we have one of the highest rates of dating violence in Australia. Really? Okay, so you've got to remember that um, for many young boys, their first sexual experience is pornography. pornography. Yeah, okay. and, and and it's, it's often very violent stuff. It's 100%. not like... You know, back and, in my day type of thing, you know, you had a kiss and, you know, and all that. Yeah, sort of, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. So, and it's, you know, and then that's then the impact on young girls and young women that that's mm. the expectation mm. of what that experience should look like or mm. be. Mm. And uh, it's not, it's really terrible on all levels there. But we were talking about around consent. And I think what's really important is to be able to lean in and have these really great, respectful conversations and allow 
kids to actually speak their truth and to feel that there's a safe environment that they can ask questions. And that's, yeah. you know, we'll get back to the sort of the union stuff. I'll have a chat Yeah, about yeah, that. circle around. Um, yeah, circle around. And this young guy, so about 15, we're talking about alcohol, okay? So if you go to a party and a girl has a drink, okay, and she becomes inebriated and she's raped or, you know, something like that happens, you know, whose fault is that? You know, so this young guy puts up his hand, which I feel is quite courageous, actually, he put up his hand and he said, well, if she's gotten herself in that position, it's her fault. Mm. Right. Hectic, because that's victim blaming. That's what we call victim yeah, blaming. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's not the fault of the, the young guy that has taken advantage of her in that situation. And he went on to say. If even if she wasn't drunk, if she wasn't able to fight the attacker off, it's still her fault because she couldn't fight them off. Is that right? So this is a fifteen-year-old boy, Jace. Wow. So you know, you t- in those moments, you really take a moment to kind of go, okay, yeah, this is hectic. Yeah. You know, this kind of age group. Woo, where where is this messaging coming? Where, where does that message come from? Right? Yeah, yeah, obviously. And that's the importance where we have to see more of this in schools. We it's imperative that we are out there in the schools, we're giving kids permission to mm. uh, learn about what, uh, you know, re- respectful relationships, relationships are. Yeah. Yep. What is that? What is that? And yeah. I suppose, it, you know, and, and probably maybe a, a knock-on effect thing is like, you know, certainly if, you know, you're uncomfortable in those situations where, you know, people are talking about things that, you know, aren't, you know, unacceptable to you, you walk away, but, you know, maybe even something you can take and, and pick up and then it's sort of, well, if you've got children, mm-hmm. you know, it, it it's probably even more important than ever to communicate and teach right from the start yeah. about what's not acceptable, you know, in that sort of space. And children look to their parents. 100% right? they do. And, yeah. you know, we know that the statistics that we, you know, the, the recorded statistics are 60% of little boys go on to replicate and become perpetrators and 55% of little girls go on to replicate the relationship they saw their mum in. Staggering. Right? The other thing that we do know is that, um, which a lot of people don't know, so we, we, we know a lot about intergenerational trauma right? Yes. Um, and the impact that has the devastation that it's happened for our Indigenous fr- friends and mm. um, and the trauma that they've lived through. What we do know through trauma and the impact of the brain, Jason, okay, is that it changes the DNA. It passes on. It passes yeah. on. Yeah. So children two generations down will be reflecting trauma behaviour, right, that wasn't even from their lived experience. It's coming through the genes. Mm. So that's what I was going for with the whole seatbelt. We don't have 30 years to change and to learn to put our seatbelt on. Yeah. We, ha- we are impacting future generations every single day, right? So it's our duty of care to start shaping better futures for these children. And we have so much empathy for, uh, you know, poverty-stricken countries and all yeah, of that. Yeah. But this, seriously, is a lucky country and these children, I think the the unimaginable uh, violence that's happening, I think it would blow you away, Jason. It's the things that we've experienced and have heard and seen and it's you, do, you don't even re- realise that it's happening here on our doorstep. Yeah, yeah, and that's where you're passionate about bringing that to the foreground where people can be aware of it. And, you know, like, like I said, like if, you, if you're not even aware of it, like you're just 
mosey on blindly in your, in your day. Yeah, in yeah, your in your bubble, yeah, yeah. which is uh, that's not yeah. a bad thing. It's just what people do, right, until yeah. till they're asked to help, until yeah. they realise they could do something, yeah. until they realise, well, maybe I'm responsible too but not in a way of over there but I could do this with my children and, and teach something different to break a bit of a cycle in the yeah. future. And join a movement. Yeah. You know, like we are this. So we started, the biggest thing for me around Rise Up was we needed to talk about domestic and family violence. Yeah. Okay, so I come from a family where my mom and dad are still together and, you know, like this is, and even, you know, they don't really want to talk about it and, you know, people don't want Such to talk about subject, it. Such a taboo subject, right? Such a taboo subject. Yeah. I remember my mum saying very early on, she'd say, you know, Nicole, we've, Dad and I have worked so hard to keep you from this side of life and yet Is that right? throwing yourself headlong into it. Yeah, right. Right? And that to me was this is the reason why I can do it. Yeah. I'm in there yeah. because I feel that that's my duty of care because, you know, people deserve to feel safe. Every woman should feel safe in their own home. Every mm. child mm. should be able to, mm. um, you know, feel safe in their own homes. You know, Gareth was doing the safety upgrades, Jace, for one of the local services. And what that looks like is actually going into a home when old mate's coming out of jail tomorrow. Right. She might not want to go into refuge uh-huh. because, you know, she might be Indigenous and there's a lot of uh, Indigenous women that don't go into refuge. There's a lot of um, institutional uh, trauma uh, residual trauma. So, you know, many of uh, our Indigenous community don't want to go into some kind of establishment like that. It, it holds yeah. a lot of fear for them. Yep. So they choose to not. They choose to stay at home. And, and um, you know, old mate's coming out of jail, the perpetrator, the person using violence, uh, he's coming out of jail and um, she's at home and her children. And how do we get this house safe? So Gareth's gone in, you know, and he's had to, in a very quick time with very limited resources, there's sort of the, the safety upgrade pack from the government. I think it's about $700 to, you know, for each woman who's, you know, linked to the to a, a service and you can do some, um, you know, lights and, you know, locks and, you know, da, da, da. it's not a lot yeah. of money, right? Yeah, it's yeah, it's not a lot of dough, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, he's had to go in and assess and, you know, and this is what I often talk to around the unions is we're not there, and I'll circle back to this, but we're not there to say you, all you men in the high-vis vests, you're all perpetrators, mm. you know, this is a, this is a men's issue and la, la, la. That, how effective do you think that's going to be? Yeah, we're full on deaf ears really. With <laughs> this. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. But what it is, it's around going this is what's happening for the children. Yes. Okay, this is we have this issue and we, we are in this together. Yeah. Right? We're going to step left of judgment yeah. and we need to just embrace and lean into the, the this, this this discomfort mm. and uh, the only way we're going to change it. So we talk through the lens of the children a lot yeah. okay, when I go in. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that Gareth has often said, and I'll relay stories from Gareth, right, um, you know, he's gone into homes, Jason, and the commonality amongst all these homes where there's children, and I'm not talking about babies, I'm talking about sort of tweens, when you hit the house, the smell of urine. So that's a fear response, Jace. Okay, so the kids are wetting their beds, Jace. Mm. It's shit, mm. right? Sorry. Mm. <laughs> 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 
I get a bit fired up. <laughs> I think a lot of people are very, very grateful you do. Because if you didn't have that passion inside, like, you know, like, and that's probably maybe changing a little gear in this sort of thing and sort of asking, you know, for you, um, you know, how do you, how do you sustain yourself in this sort of way from a, from an energetic point of view, you know, it's, it's a full on subject where, you know. I think it's the, um, I think it's because we need to, right, Jace? Yeah. Like it's, um, recalibrate. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny, I don't, you know, I don't often get too so emotionally connected. You know, I've, I've got to, it's about preservation. Yeah. But I think with things like that, it's it's so important the work we do, right? It's, um, yes, please, thank you. It's my <laughs> makeup dry, running everywhere. No, no, no. Um, yeah, I just feel like it's really, really important that people know what's happening. Yes. And um, so we talk around that and, and, you know, Gareth will go in and, uh, you know, there's little the little boy has brought his mattress into next to his sister's bed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What little child? Because they're terrified. Mm. And uh, you know, I've done a bit of talking to the, um, as I say, to the unions and all, and they're incredible. You know, and uh, they are massively supportive. You know, they lean in. They yeah. they get a bad rap. Yeah. But. They're really conscientious around this incredible leaders that um, I've come to know quite well. And um, at the end of one of the sessions that we did, I'll tell you two stories. At the end of the one, I'm standing there. Now, I've just completed a, a presentation, okay? So essentially, old mate, talking about domestic and family violence, mm. I know what's happening out there. It's pretty shit. And... Um, this guy comes up and he's got this piece of paper and he says to me, excuse me, I'm just wondering if you could tell me what number I call. And I said, oh, thinking he might have a lounge. Oh, what, you know, what do you need sort of thing? And he said, oh, I don't treat the missus very well and I'd like to get some help. Mm. Right? So I drove home, Jace. I drove home and I went, we are doing this right. Yeah. We're reaching people. And um, and I've had a couple of people, like men who follow the work that we do, yeah. have reached out. Are you getting teary? A little bit. Oh, you're so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> you're beautiful. Um, you know, I've had, like, men reach out. I had a guy in WA who emailed and he said, um, hi, you know, watching the work that you do on Facebook and on Instagram. And, yeah. Um, just want to really thank you and he said you know i'm i'm in a uh, a relationship and um it's a domestic violence relationship and i'm the perpetrator and i would like to have some help mm. in my contact mm-hmm. right yeah so then you know my thing is i went back to him and i just wanted to really say that took a lot of courage mm. to reach out that took so much courage just reach out and ask for help you know this isn't the space for us to go ah what a bad human you are no and i just really took that opportunity to say you both deserve to be your happiest selves yeah 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 and um you know congratulations for reaching out and and these are the services and and all of that in all your area yeah yeah and uh so there's been sort of these things that have happened at another meeting that we had, there's a guy that an older guy in his sixties, and he stood up at the back of the, um, you know, the group, puts up his hand, and keeping in mind that um, 
I've spoken at a lot of things and you get some people, you know. <laughs> some, in- some interesting <laughs> characters, yeah. yeah. And they, you know, they don't like me. But anyway, and you just have to embrace it and lean in, yeah. you know. Yeah. So he goes, oh, could I have a... Um, just want to say something and I'm like, yeah, sure, thinking to myself, here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and he turned to the group and he said when he was little growing up, it was nothing for him to step over his mum who was knocked out in front of his bedroom by the, or by the bathroom, he said. And he said his dad ended up killing his mum. Jeez. Right? So he was fired up. Okay, so that's one in a group of 150. Out of that same group, there was another guy because I was talking about the wedding, the mattresses and stuff, and this guy came up to me and he said, oh, you know, when he was young, he was about 15, and his girlfriends used to wet the bed, right? And he said that her mum was killed by her dad subsequently. Hmm. So that's two men in a group of 150. 150 who there's some been a direct so it's not fairy floss and it's not stories it's yeah. you know the reality is jace it's one in 3 australian women have been affected which means that one in 3 australian men are perpetrators mm. Right, so we have to get this under control, yeah. and the only way we can do it is by standing shoulder to shoulder. Have That's to it. have to lean into that conversation, Together. yeah. Both genders, like yeah. let's lean in and and opening the the door for the conversation both ways. Yeah, yeah. And I think you know, with with men, you talked about how do I go with um, you know some different audiences and. Over the years, I've had you know I'll walk into a group that's eighty percent men. Mm. And I have no eye contact. They have no, no one wants to look at me, you know. And, you know, soon in, I start getting some eye contact yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. But I always, always feel like what a horrible place for nonviolent men to sit in. Yeah. Because you yeah. automatically, I don't know how you feel about it. Like, do you, you know, like it's it's a horrible place if people are automatically think, oh, you're a man, you're violent, or well, it, it's kind of, it, and, and I'm assuming in 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 those circumstances, you know, you'd get some of that communication too. It's like, what do, what do you mean? Like, I'm not a violent person, or it can't be everyone, can it? Like, so you know, these kind of almost, you know, um, mental, you know, disturbances for you. So it's disturbing your vision of the world, like how I see it. And like, it can't be that way. It's almost like too much to, to comprehend or fathom, you know? Um, And I think, you know, there's a lot of, in the vast ocean of, even though the statistics are horrific, in the vast ocean, in the sea of amazing, incredible men, it's a drop in Mm. the ocean Mm. that use this antisocial, behavior against the most vulnerable in their most vulnerable people Mm. so it's definitely not the majority you know it's not the majority and that's why we have to call it out because we need to shift it we need to shift the landscape it's not the majority they're they're you know it's like we've got lots of good men but potentially some of them don't really understand how they can uh help and influence and change the future so like like when we don't really have the tool like to Tell me how I can do something, you know, some mm. practical things, and yeah. you guys are doing some of that, some of some of that amazing work, which yeah. is, which is, I uh, just, so we incredible, um, yeah. So we aren't funded. Mm. Actually, just recently, just the other day, we were um, given some Commonwealth funding, which is incredible. 
Wow. Okay. Yeah, out of the federal drop. I was going to ask a bit about that. But so this probably gives, gives, gives us a good chance to sort of, because yeah. I know, you know, with, with our listeners here, you know, well, faculty, you know, we, we talked a little bit about, you know, what's it all about? You know, there's two parts to the podcast and yeah. we're going on this adventure journey to sort of discover what, you know, true wealth, it's a cliche, but it's a, what, what is true wealth for you or is different to what is true wealth for me? And what are you going to spend and invest your life passion in achieving and helping do? Like you're, you're driven, you're called. Um, or a bit of both uh, in this in this journey that you're on right now. Um, but really, so two questions, and maybe sort of we'll fill in around it. Is like like one, what do you do um, uh, in your faculties, your mental, emotional, physical faculty? How do you take care of yourself? Because this must be full on. I mean, and the yeah. things that you see and experience and and so on. Like how 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 do you manage it? Not pulling you into this dark black hole and you're never escaping what like so it's around sitting in the light Jess. Mm. so sustainability is around sitting in the light mm. uh, we have to focus our work on new beginnings uh, uh-huh. right so don't, not looking into the past looking at something new yeah for the future yeah, changing outcomes yeah you know, you know creating fresh new starts uh-huh. fresh new beginnings yeah um, you know, from I suppose from that marketing angle, you know, my skill base, like you were asking yeah. before, for me, the most important thing is that we engage our consumer base, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. If we, knowing what the statistics are and how many people are impacted directly or indirectly, yeah, it's vast. So the only way and around a subject where people are more likely to turn their head, mm-hmm. right, because mm-hmm. it's too confronting, yeah is by providing a hope-filled environment, right? And we shine the light. Shine the light on the possibility of the future. And we don't sit in the darkness of posting. So we're heavily social media driven, you'll see, right? So we're reaching about 600,000 people. So in in an idea where we wanted to connect and get people thinking about domestic and family violence, Uh I can tick that because we're connecting them through programs that we've created which enable people to practically get involved without actually ever meeting the families. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they are I'm connecting you through your lounge or your dining table and it's not because it's dumpit.com and you're shifting it off because you don't want it. Yeah. But you're going to give that to me because you know that it's going to go and help a family. Go somewhere, yeah. That's impacted by domestic violence. Mm-hmm. And then the best thing is you get to see it on social media and there it is in Home 1021. Nice. Right? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So... You know, that's kind of the the essence behind it. And we're able to keep people engaged because uh-huh. it's not too confronting. Yes. Right? That is the most important thing. And um, so we do sit, yes, it's sad. And, you know, I've got a bit teary because I think about the kids and I'm a mum and, you know, yeah, all totally. those things. And that's yep. the fire in me. Yeah. Um, I remember very early I was years ago, Jace, and we were at SeaWorld. We'd taken the girls to SeaWorld and um, – I was emailing because, of course, we always work. When do we not work? Ah. <laughs> Dolphin enclosure. It's, it's ridiculous. And um, I was emailing a support worker and she said to me, Jace, uh, I said, how are you going? And she goes, oh, I've had a really bad day, mm. right? And I said, uh, she said to me, yesterday was a really bad day. That was Saturday morning. And I said, what was happening for you? And she said to me, a little eight-year-old girl from refuge, right, so this is a worker from a refuge, uh, had started school the day before 
and all that could be given to her, Jason, was the paint-stained uniform that was left at sickbay. Mm. Do you expect that here on the Gold Coast? No. Drives me nuts. Yeah. Drives me nuts, Jace. And at that moment, I felt, how is that even happening again in this lucky country? Yeah. And it's, it's happening because the demand is massive you know, the funding, there's not enough beds. It's just, it's horrific, okay, yeah. in that scope. But we don't, they don't have, the sector doesn't have the resources, Jace. doesn't and have the resources to be buying uniforms. All of those things. You know, all of these things. And the most important thing for these children is to have their dignity and self-worth reinstated. Yeah. Imagine this little girl who's been ripped out of her home, away from her friends and away from her school and her dog and everything she knows, and three days later she's starting at a school where she has nothing but the paint-stained uniform to start school mm. with. Think about that, Jace. about if that was Lily, mm. Mm. right? Think about that's what I think we must always think about. It's yeah. not the social, it's not the, uh, you know, the back of back, no education and all that. These people are us. Yeah. Okay. So she's this little girl, could be anybody. She's starting school at a time where she's most vulnerable. She doesn't even have her own pencils. Okay. And as far as the school, the teacher might know that a lot of the teachers don't know if the children are coming through refuge. Yeah, they so don't. They're not. Parent, the kids safe. Yeah. Um, you know, it, this is just another child that has got no resources. Mm-hmm. I don't think mm-hmm. that's acceptable, Jason. I do not think it's acceptable. So, so how do you, how have you organised the resources that you need to, you know, um, continue with what you do? I mean, you said the, the government's been slow to the party for the moment, but it's coming on board now, which is fantastic so, for you. Like, you know, yeah. uh, tell well, us a little bit practically about the the nuts and boltsy stuff for you, like people donating their their furniture and yeah. and yeah. sort of, you know, do you have uh, uh, financial donations or how does it all work yeah, from so a nuts and bolts point of view? I suppose I'm the wing in the prayer mm. and Gareth is the babe. We have two months' money in the bank, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, and so it's a registered charity. Is it, is yeah, it a not-for-profit? Absolutely. Yep. DGR status and all yep. of that. So so, in, so maybe for some of the people listening in, because um, I know for me coaching people who want to buy investment property, you know, they don't really – they're not. They're not mad about the property. They're mad about the outcome and something into the future, some sort of wealth that they can then do something with. And a lot of people are motivated in maybe a similar way with you, with something that they're passionate or have a you know. There's an injustice or something they want to help or fix. Yeah. Can you maybe just give us a snapshot on the the version of the world, the practical nuts and bolts of that sort of stuff? You know, sure. turning it into this idea of I've got to do something yeah. or I'm going to get rally the community and then yeah. you know. So I think. The, the biggest thing is uh, you will encounter so many naysayers, uh-huh. right? Yeah. So you really have to uh, have, have courage. Yeah. And we are asking these families to press the restart button on their lives. Yeah. And the least that we can do and the least that I can do is have a bit of courage mm. and lean in myself yep. and uh, make this do everything I can to sort this out and not be quick to throw in the towel. Mm. If I was to listen to the people around me, Jason, you know me a long time. Mm-hmm. Like I would have like, mm, you know, this is a bit hard. And, yeah, yeah. And uh, and it's just head down, bum up. How, how do you do? Down. How do you deal with that bit? 
Like, you know, did, is it sort of like water off a duck's back now or, you know, still sometimes it's sort of like, you, uh, really? You know, do, do you know what I mean? So, you know. It's so funny, Jace. I don't know. I'm a nutter. I don't know. know. Driven by passion, you know. I just feel, I just, I'm very um, determined. Yeah. I'm very determined. I think it would be very different if I didn't have Gareth. I think he is an amazing human, as I said before. Amazing person. He just, he is there and he often says, it sounds super corny, but he just wants to lift me Mm. to let me fly Yeah, and just make it happen. Yeah. He's amazing. Like yeah. he just supports me 100%. And I think that that's where we need to be with our partners. 100%. Like yeah. We just need to just support them and, you know, so I definitely don't think I could have had it. And obviously the kids are um, so supportive. It's all so that they've So supportive, known. yeah. Um, but, yeah, we are, I don't know, Jace. I, I feel as you go through life you surround yourselves with the people that uplift you or the people that steal your oxygen. Steal your oxygen. And, and that's part of the, the second part of my question here was this like, you know, it's not a hand solo thing. This this thing's a marathon, not a sprint for you. It's yeah. going to be decades of of focus and passion. Yeah. Um, you know, you've already mentioned Gareth and, and your family, you know, yeah. supporting you and lifting you up when when sometimes you haven't got the energy to lift yourself up. Yeah. You know, who, who are the other people? And it doesn't have to be names, but mm. but types of people that have helped you what, what I would call your wealth faculty, yeah. the people you rely on, advisors, um, uh, you know, supporters, waving flags, yeah, you know, whatever yeah. it is. Like who are those people yeah. that have helped you yeah. to where you are now and, and going to help you into the future? Yeah, so I have an, a couple of incredible mentors that I've known for 10 years, nice. okay? Yeah. Uh, these are frontline workers. Pardon me. Frontline workers who one of them uh, works on, in northern Brisbane, mm-hmm. ex-army. Mm-hmm. She is a dynamite person and she works to works with the highest uh, women at the highest risk of lethality mm. right that's her everyday job wow. you have never met i have never met anybody like that in my life i think she is just uh an incredible human being she has taught me everything that i know her and another woman who runs a refuge and those are my uh, you know, those are, oh, I don't know what you'd call them. Inner circle, confidence, mentors, yeah, inspire, yeah. inspiring people. Yeah. yeah. And then as I was saying before, I'm really passionate about a collective. Mm. Right? And I often, and I think uh, the thing that I've learned through COVID is that I'm not very good at asking for help. Mm. Okay. So that's my weakness actually. Right. Because uh, I'm always very positive and upbeat and <laughs> I'm going to, this. We'll do this. Thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And uh, I don't, I find it difficult to ask for help because I do things, you know, I'm, I'm a doer. So that was a big lesson. So being able to be a little bit more honest around that for me. Mm, yeah? yeah. And I do feel it can be lonely, you know, for me. I do feel uh, sometimes I feel a bit lonely in terms of I'm in a very unique position, Jace. Yeah. You know? It's not. It's not like I don't know. So, so yeah. So, what do you do uh, at, at a barbecue or a party or something like that? And people go, "All right, I. What do I say to that? Do you know, it's not like yeah. No, you know, I work in accounts. At, at, did, did, yeah, I, I, and I and I think it's more. You know, I know. I know what you're saying because yeah. I. Uh, I certainly. You know, as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um. You know, there's a there's a saying. You know, uh, it's lonely at the top, and that's just the way they like it. 
you know, um, it can be, yeah, sometimes you want to be left alone. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> but, Don't you know. Don't talk to me yeah, yeah, after yeah. a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in saying it's a, it's a unique type of loneliness for mm. me because I feel I'm a massive people person. Yeah. And I have a big team, 465 volunteers. My core team, I've got coordinators and, you know, all of that and an incredible homes manager. And they've been with me since the beginning, Jace. Yeah. We have almost 100% retention. Wow. 98% retention. It's crazy. It was well, not crazy. It's like amazing. <laughs> well, people believe in the cause, right? I mean, at the end of the and day, yeah, you know, yeah. They yeah. are there. They're enjoying Values themselves. based, they believing, are, yeah. changing the world, you know. And they feel valued. Yeah. Right? yeah. We have an incredibly supportive uh, because they are my priority. Those people mm. in my team are First and foremost, my priority. You support your people and your people support the 100%. people that you believe, yeah. And if we can't get our own microcosm right, mm. what is the point of what we're doing? Mm. So we have an incredibly healthy um, microcosm. Fantastic. There's all sorts of fish and yep. it's all happening. Yep. Yep. And uh, it's around being able to, we work from a, a trauma-informed framework. I don't know if you're aware of that. No, I haven't heard of that. No. So it's around being able to identify and appreciate uh, the lived trauma that people have experienced. And I feel like this is coming from a corporate world. Yeah. All right. It's something that's very important where. You've got to give some framework for the conversation or the, the ideas. Or like having empathy and understanding. Yeah. You know, in a normal work environment, you might come to work and, uh, you know, Sally is moody and she's erratic and she's difficult to deal with and, you know, all of this. Yeah. Working from a trauma-informed framework gives you permission to acknowledge that there's a lens of empathy, uh -huh. right? Yeah. So understanding that she might have lived through some trauma and what that trauma has done has impacted her um, behaviour and through her trauma behaviours. It's yes. trauma behaviours. Uh -huh. So when you bring this back to all the statistics around uh, domestic and family violence and what it does to the physicality, yeah. we, it has long-lasting effects, Jace. So Huge long-lasting like effects, yeah. Finish a domestic relationship, a violent relationship, and move on. Well, it's post uh, PTSD, post right? So post traumatic stress disorder. You know, one of the books that um, I read, a guy called Sean Accor, um, um, and I can't remember the name of the book off the top of my head right now, but I'll, I'll remember it. Um, uh, a small amount of negative media in the morning, like fifteen minutes, releases so much cortisol and adrenaline into your body that it drops your intellect between. 50 and 80%. So imagine, and and not in a good way, imagine having some sort of physical violent yeah. activity. Like yeah. what's that going to do to your chemistry? And then think about the children as well that are experiencing yes. that. And we know through refuge, um, most if not all of the children that are sitting in a refuge right now have come in under the economic, um, the academic average for their age. Yeah. Yeah. There's high levels of absenteeism. The children mm. are just not connecting. They're not sleeping. They're not retaining. Mm. These are children, you know. It's horrific. Anyway, so going back to that whole trauma-informed lens, when you – and I invite everybody. I think the more people that know about that trauma-informed framework, I yep. think it really impacts your work environment. What a great it's, framework to have that, you know. It's a great yeah. framework because yeah. you can actually go, you know, it's definitely not – it doesn't give you permission uh, to be badly behaved and to be an idiot. Yeah. You definitely draw the line yeah. because it's not respectful or whatever, but it definitely gives you more of a, a lens of empathy, yeah. which I think we should all sit in, which will then lend ourselves to be a bit more respectful to one another. Yeah. So like a, a what's going on, are you okay, starting of a conversation yeah. rather than, you know, what's wrong with you, get yourself, you know, it, yeah. yeah, a different way of going just about a different way of that conversation. Just thinking yeah. about them rather than thinking about yourself. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, that's probably another two hours worth of conversation, maybe even more even. Yeah, so... <laughs> But it's been amazing today to have a chat with you, buddy. You're like, I mean, you know, really appreciate it. And you're doing something that is just phenomenal, you know, and, um, you know, keep it going, you know. And if for anyone listening in right now, um, and if they want to support in one way, shape or another, they go and uh, check you guys out, Facebook, websites, yeah. you know, um, yeah, riseup.com. Yeah. We've just launched uh, the Change 5000 campaign. Mm-hmm. You know, people are often like, what can we do, you know, and we don't think, t- you know, twice about sort of donating overseas and whatnot. And, yes. And we really struggle with the finances, just going back to that, you yep. know, to really engage people because what people don't understand is we operate out of just in Queensland, southeast Queensland, we have 33 storage units. Is that right? So we don't have a centralised facility. We have just uh, completed our 1,042nd family support. So we've that's fully furnished homes. So just practically, right? Yeah, like yeah. how big is that just 33 <laughs> storage units? I'm six just by thinking four. Six, six by, by four. four. And then what What would that be in square metres? Gee, I don't do the mathematics. Like yeah. thousands of square metres of space, yeah? Yeah, and we can't, going back to hubby or tight Tuesdays, I like to chat yeah. <laughs> he'll say to me babe we can't as a little family we can't go and get a lease for half a million dollars over five years we don't remember we don't have a product to sell jace yes okay yeah so it's too much liability for gareth and i and our little family yeah right? we don't yeah. have any ongoing income hitting the account yeah whereas if we can get these little it's not very effective you know gareth's a tetris champion but uh <laughs> you know it's, it's incredibly ineffective yeah I always say to my team, let's not focus on what we don't have right mm-hmm. now. Let me worry about that. Yeah. But imagine what we will achieve when we do have it. Yeah. So when we have a store, a centralised storage facility, imagine, Jason, yeah. it's nuts. So, you know. The- so if we were to do a shout-out right now into the property space, because a lot of people in property are listening in right now. Yeah. If, if you were looking for something amazing, what, what would it be? 5,000, 10,000 square metres of storage, something like that, like a big shed, because – Hopefully people listening in saying, well, maybe they, they can't physically do something, but they could. If anyone's got, you know, we often say, gosh, if anyone's got a, an empty facility yeah. that they'd like to do some tax depreciation on or something like that, give right. it to do, us. Do you know, like just practically, <laughs> do, do you know the answer to that question if if you were yeah, you if can. they were donating some of that stuff? Absolutely. I would love to get some more information from you about that yeah. because uh, I'll put a call out to this network, because I think this network could probably help you in that yeah, space. Yeah, Phil, you know, there's lots that people can do. Um, the other thing is Change 5000. We are just, ho- we're trying to reach 5,000 people who, to each donate $2 a week, right? So that's uh, $8 a month, mm. $96 a year, something like that. That's great. If we reach 5,000 people to do that, Jace, it will change our ending. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, you know, we're so focused on getting this done. People don't realise they always want to donate the pretty pillow that goes on the couch. Yeah. The reality is, is that. Two bucks a a week. Two bucks a week can help. Yeah. It it needs a couch. How does the couch get there? It goes in the truck. Yeah. How do you put petrol in the truck? Yeah. What about the storage? So we're paying that storage. You know, it probably costs us about 50 grand a year on storage. storage, yeah. So, you know, but we always say at least if things get tough, like we've just through COVID, We've just knocked off three of the sheds, mm-hmm. you know, to cut our expenses cut down. Expenses, yeah, yeah. You know? So, and the other interesting thing around COVID is that in May we had our highest intake of volunteers. Is that right? And we had fifty-five volunteers join us, and I think what that really says to me, Jace, is that Australians are amazing, 
and that that's true Aussie spirit. Yeah. We're all really suffering and we're facing some sort of uncertainty and pandemic yeah. that we've never faced or encountered. Yeah. But there is a real core um, people here in Australia who will go, you know what, there are people that are much worse off than me. Yeah, let me do, so let, let me help. What we can do. Yeah. But yeah, so good Aussie spirit. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good old Aussie spirit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Fantastic, mate. Well, listen, um, it's been um, amazing to have a chat with you today. Made and you cry. Yeah, well, <laughs> I thought I was going to have some tears there, but it, it, it's certainly something that's very, um, you know, uh, having a daughter, you know, having a mum, having sisters. What like those sorts of things? When you when you talk in that sort of sense, you know, um, it brings it very close to home, and and also. As a man too, you know, I'm I'm very aware that um, you know some of the behaviours that you know I might display to my sons, mm. you know, out of context could out of context could give permission in 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 just you know mm. not a great way. So it's it's um, it's something that uh, is super super important and something that uh, you know we just have to give our kids permission and to especially our sons to. And we, as dads, we need to challenge toxic masculinity. Absolutely. You've heard of all of that? Oh, listen, part of part of the reason I ended up on my journey was was this very thing. I used to work at a boys' school mm-hmm. in Sydney, Knox mm-hmm. Grammar School, um, mm-hmm. and um, I had some um, some pretty long and in-depth chats with lots of good teachers in that space saying, you know, how toxic some of that sporting behaviour and all of these other things were, you know, in that space. So, yeah, certainly... Mm-hmm. And we Certainly. Need to, you know, boys need to be able to show their emotions. We have the highest yeah. the highest levels of uh, youth suicide. Youth suicide, right. Yeah. Yep. So Number one killer of men, um, yep. hands down. 100%. You know? So we've got this pain at two ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Men yeah. who are struggling to um, effectively communicate their communicate. feelings. It's, mm. it's um, building up in them. There's, yeah. uh, you know, and it goes back to that whole um, hunting, gathering and the, you know, they it's just terrible. So we just need to all do our best, be aware of it, lean in and uh, change some endings. Good, good, good way to maybe wind up the conversation today. But what we usually do is we do list a, a little quick fire. I say something, you say an answer. Sure. Um, you know, <laughs> some quick fire questions. Okay. Maybe a bit of fun uh, just to sort of finish it off. So quick fire, money is? What? Money is? Oh, God. You see, it's not on my front of mind, is it? <laughs> Clearly. Which is awesome. Which is awesome. <laughs> Money is needed. Yeah, maybe. yeah needed. needed. Yes. Exactly. Women are strong. Mm. Men are strong. Children are inspiring. Domestic violence is devastating. Your favourite food. Ooh, what is my favourite food? Gareth makes a really mean rice noodle and vegetable dish, so that's up there actually. Gareth's food, yeah, all of Gareth's food. food. When he cooks, it's my favourite. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He does all the cooking in the house. He's amazing. Favourite destination for you to travel to? Paris. Paris. Ooh la la. Yeah, ooh la la. Guilty pleasure. Uh, Spending time with Gareth actually. It's a bit corny, isn't it? It's beautiful. I love it. I love it. <laughs> hey, buddy. Well, thank you. Really Thanks, appreciate guys. things um, and you're inspiring and keep up Thanks. the awesome work. And for having me. What yeah. a pleasure. Mate, uh, thank you. Hey, thanks for joining us on The Wealth Faculty. Hope you enjoyed. Make sure you subscribe. We're all good podcasts are found. You can find us there. And if you want to watch it, you can subscribe on YouTube, Positive Mentor TV. And until the next episode, take care.
Bye for now.